$2,500 a month in almost passive profits. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, now a proud member of the Entrepreneur Podcast Network, because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. One thing I like to see in a side hustle is leverage. And what I mean by that is a couple of things. First, you're looking for ways where you can get paid multiple times from work you do once. You create the thing, sell it over and over again, create the blog post, earn from years, that kind of thing. The second thing I look for in terms of leverage is a way to make money without you having to be there doing the thing, laying the bricks, driving the car, whatever it is. Today's guest has got a side hustle that checks both of those boxes. He works in construction by day, but as a side hustle runs a vending machine business and specifically an ice vending machine business. Now you thought the margins were good on regular vending products. Try selling frozen water. That's a pretty low cost of goods sold. So he started in early 2022 and now sells several thousand dollars worth of ice every month, or rather the machines do the selling for him. Leverage, right? From beachsideice.com, Steve Slagle, welcome to The Side Hustle Show. Thanks so much, Nick. It's great to be here, and thank you for having me on. You bet. So what's interesting to me is a year and a half ago, you order up two of these machines, or coming in on two years now, you order up a couple of these machines, pretty big investment, pretty big commitment, before you even have a location locked out. Talk me through that decision. After kind of months and months of research with all the manufacturers and vendors of ice vending machines, we settled on a company called Everest Ice and Water Systems, had a great call with them, a lot of information, really kind of for us, checked all the boxes we were looking for in a vendor and a partner, went ahead and pulled the trigger yeah, right on two machines, didn't have a place to put them yet. And that kind of started the clock ticking, especially as we got our progress updates where the machine was in the production value. And then when we got our delivery date, it really had to light the fire and say, now is the time to lock in locations and you got to get going. And for me personally, I like that little bit of a nudge by having the pressure and having that deadline, knowing a considerable investment was getting delivered was like, yeah, really got to get going here. And we were very fortunate to be able to place our first two machines very, very quickly. And then with some blessings and some good business, we've been able to grow and expand even further. We couldn't be happier at the moment. Yeah. So it's not two-day Amazon Prime shipping. You got a little bit of lead time here. You got a couple months to work with. Like, okay, now I've lit that fire. Now I got to go find some place to put them. I want to get back into how much they cost. But talk to me about that location finding place. I think that's probably the golden rule of all vending businesses is location. Where am I going to find a steady stream of customers who are going to be using this thing? So what was on the short list for you as far as where to place them? We kind of just started sort of in our own heads of where do we buy ice when we needed it? Big box stores, gas stations, convenience stores are the obvious choices And we kind of started to expand from that and say, well, where else do people need ice? Some of the first things that come to mind are marinas, parks, any sort of outdoor recreation areas. And the more we thought about it, the more we started to kind of craft what we call destination ice. And we started looking now at locations where we know people are going to be. How can we get the ice in front of them? We live up in the panhandle of Florida And so we're right on a beach, very, very heavy tourist destination. And we started looking around and none of our big condo complexes, for the most part, had anything on property. So as these millions of visitors were coming down every year and needing ice and water, they were having to get in their car and drive to a big box store, convenience store. And that was kind of our light bulb moment was like, hey, if we can put a machine that is self-sufficient in these locations and get people to realize it's there. Now they no longer have to leave. They can buy all the ice they want 24 hours a day, right there at their condominium complex. Don't have to put dad in the car. Doesn't have to lose his parking place. It's there. It's available. And we started our first two machines there and immediately saw a return, which was great. We saw great success in customer satisfaction from the condominium complexes, from direct feedback from customers. So we kind of said, you know, hey, I think this is our perfect little niche. 
to get in here and knock on wood. Thankfully, they have done very well. Location is the number one question I get asked when I talk to potential customers or current owners even of where do we put our machine? How are we going to make money? And you got to get creative. There's really no way around it. You got to figure out where the people are, where they're willing to spend their money. What's your market like? What are your competitors selling ice for? You have to be at a competitive price point. And location, location, location is true as in vending as it is in real estate, as it is with a lot of things. So really, that's the bulk of time and research is set into looking for sites and locations to put a machine for the best chance of success. Yeah, I think that's an important note that other people were already doing this. It just may not have been as convenient to the specific customer set that you had in mind. Like, okay, how can I wedge myself into this market and carve out a little bit of market share there? I think that's really interesting. My question is, if it's so lucrative, why weren't the condo owners or the building developers, property managers, like, why not just do it themselves? Or just like, it's something that wasn't on their radar? What do you think that is? A lot of folks still don't realize the industry exists. They're well aware that outside of the gas station, there's an ice merchandiser where a local ice provider fills it with bags and you go inside, you pay your couple bucks, you grab your bag, you're out the door. A lot of people don't know that ice and water is available in a vending avenue. So as we sort of start to educate them on that, they kind of go, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Some folks don't want to get into it, especially some of the property managers or landowners. They don't want to pay the initial cost for the machine. It is an investment. And then they don't want to be tasked with the maintenance of the machine, the installation, the cleaning. Most folks, they just don't want to do it or they just don't have time. And that's where a company like ours or many, many other throughout the country have found kind of a foothold and say, hey, we'll put the machine there. We'll install it. We'll do all of the heavy lifting you just have to be able to give us a little bit of space and access to some power and water and then sit back and you just enjoy the amenity of having a machine there. And one of our biggest selling points as we talk to potential locations is it's free money. If you're the landowner, we don't need anything from you. We don't ask you to touch the machines. We don't need any maintenance on the machines. Once we're done with the installation, it's there, it's running. We're going to give you a set amount of money every month or every quarter, whatever we've agreed to. Okay. You get that. That was the next question of like, well, are you giving them a cut of the sales or just like a flat fee for to park the thing in this space and have access to your power and water? There's a number of ways you can sort of set up a contract with a landowner. All of our contracts are flat fees. So every month the landowner knows exactly what they're going to get. At the end of the year, they know how much they're going to make. And that's whether the machine sells two bags of ice every day or a hundred bags of ice every day, they're going to get the same amount of money for doing virtually nothing. And most of us will admit that free money is something we won't pass up. (laughs) And that's true for the individual. It's true for a business. So for them, it's a very lucrative opportunity that has almost no outlay. There's no labor. You're kind of covering the initial installation, like water hookup, if there's any construction costs needed for that install. Yeah, we'll go ahead and and cover the install, get the machine in. Our current landowners, we have asked to basically let us tap into the existing utilities that are already there. And that just helps with the cost of installation. It keeps it manageable. We have looked at some locations that maybe would have been a great spot to have an ice and water vending machine. But then by the time we calculate the installation costs, sometimes they're just too astronomically high. And you have to say, could we recoup that cost within a number of years? Is it worth it compared to a site that maybe may not have as much vehicle count or foot traffic, but the installation is much more straightforward. It's kind of a balancing act. And a lot of the folks I talk to, I tell them, you got to wear two hats. You got to wear one as where do I put my machine to make the most money and then flip it around and you got to be the guy installing it. How much is it going to cost me to install this machine? And now if I can balance those, I've got a good spot. The sites are the toughest part of it. But once you do one, you get more comfortable than you do two and you get a lot more comfortable. Then as you get into three and four machines, doing site surveys becomes pretty easy because you know exactly what you're looking for. You Hopefully by then you've dialed in a plumber, an electrician who can help. 
and they're familiar with the machine's needs. And then you're kind of off and running a little bit. It okay. makes it much, much easier. You're starting out, looking around your town, looking for a thirsty crowd, so to speak, and surveying the surrounding areas and buildings. Where would be a good spot? I think that makes a lot of sense, starting location first and then trying to find a place to put it that makes sense and somebody who would be receptive to that message. Hey, I want to pay you a flat monthly fee. Is there a rule of thumb or a ballpark, like a couple hundred bucks a month? What's reasonable? I would say a good ballpark or sort of a good neighborhood between two and $300 a month is a pretty fair going rate for a lease because effectively you're only leasing about 30 square feet of space. The machine is relatively small. So for that amount of space, that's a pretty good chunk, especially for a landowner that doesn't have to do anything. There are some folks that will do some profit sharing contracts or some like percentage of revenues. Those just have to be worked out on the front end. I think there's a lot of gray areas in those that has to be talked about and worked out on the front side of a contract and agreed to and very clearly spelled out to make those work, which is why we kind of just go with a flat fee and say, here's the amount we've agreed to it. Now you get yours and it's up to us to make the machine succeed. And I kind of like having that responsibility a little bit more on our shoulders than kind of relying on with somebody else that may not have the same amount of drive or intuition to start selling ice. Cause at the end of the day, we're just selling frozen chunks of water. <laughs> it's a great business to be in. People are <laughs> always going to want that stuff. Highly seasonal in my neck of the woods, maybe less so in the panhandle of Florida, but imagine you see some ups and downs during a tourist season and the off peak times there too. I was curious because these machines are not cheap. What do they cost? Like 50 grand a piece? Like it's a bit of an investment. Yeah. You're probably looking, depending on the model, anywhere between 50,000 up to maybe 58,000. And then there's some optional upgrades and add-ons that you can always look at for your situation. I just want to draw that in contrast to like a refurbished Coke and snack machine for 2,500, maybe even less from a disgruntled vending machine route owner. It's like, <laughs> I want to get out of this. I want to get out of this business. It's like significantly more expensive, but do you find that the margins are better or the demand is higher or it's easier to play? Like what are the other factors that went into that versus a different type of vending business? Specifically compared to, let's say like a Coca-Cola or soda vending machine, if you're fortunate and you can buy your products from a large box retailer, Costco, Sam's Club, but what have you, what's your cost per can? So let's just for ease of numbers, say it's a dollar per can of Coke and you're going to sell it for two fifty. So, you know, a dollar fifty is a healthy profit margin, but by the time you add in there, your time to go get it, how much fuel did it take you to drive to the store to get it? How often do you have to get it? What's the expiration date on these soda cans? Are you going to sell enough? Or are you going to have expired product in the machine? So once you start to add all that up, your margin really dwindles very quickly. And then if you get into food vending, it diminishes even faster because of the expiration dates. And again, chances are you're still running to a wholesale club to buy in bulk. You see your margins start to decrease pretty rapidly once you add in all of the ancillary costs. Versus having the product just coming out of the pipe, coming out of the wall. Yeah. So then you compare that to ice and water vending. It costs about $0.08 cents to make 10 pounds of ice, roughly. Wow. Let's just say you're selling that for $3 if your market supports that price. So now you're at $2.92 of profit. Back a little bit out of that for maybe planned maintenance and, and some of those things. But you're probably going to land in the 240 range per bag. That's pretty tough to beat. And if you can do, yeah. let's say, 20, 30, 40 bags a day, you can see those profits start to rack up pretty quickly and your margin stays the same. It doesn't cost any more whether you produce 10 pounds of ice or 500 pounds of ice. It's still a kilowatt per hour usage on the power. It's still a certain amount of water coming into the machine. And it's almost fixed. Now, obviously, the power company is going to raise rates every year because everybody does. But you're still looking at a relatively low, low cost to produce a product that replenishes itself. And that's one of the nice things about the Everest machines is you don't have to stock it. It's constantly running and replenishing itself, having an available product that you don't have to go do anything for. As long as the machine's up and running, it's making ice 
that's ready to sell and then hopefully you're making money. Yeah. I've heard that from side hustle show listeners with traditional vending routes, candy and soda machines. It's like it can make good money, especially if you have machines in the right location, but you essentially have the job of going to constantly restock that. It's a trade-off of whether or not that's worth it and whether or not you can get it to the point where you can pay somebody else to go and restock it for you. You know, your margins get even narrower. Oh, yeah, exactly. Trade-offs on that front. I've got some friends that are in traditional vending and one of their biggest complaints is they will sell out of maybe Coke in their vending machine, but there's still plenty of Diet Coke, whatever flavors they're offering. There's plenty of the other ones, but they're out of Coke. So now they've got to go back to the store just to get Coke to put in the machine. And again, your margin is now even coming down kind of further again, because now you're stocking one-off items versus replenishing the whole machine. So it's nice having a vending machine that replenishes its product by itself. <laughs> I don't I don't have to do anything and it just keeps making ice. That's right. So if I'm looking at this, I would classify this as a buying cash flow type of business. We had a quote from Ace Chapman on the show years ago, when I need money, I go buy it. And he was talking about acquiring businesses that were already successful. Like I want that zero to one is the hardest part. So I want to buy something that's already gone through that risky failure phase that is already operating. It's like, oh, that's super interesting. Did you ever look at buying somebody else's route for this? Or is it kind of like, it's a relatively new thing to compete with those big box retailers with the ice chests out in front. So it's kind of more blue ocean, so to speak. The existing route didn't exist yet. So I'm going to have to be the guy to go out and build it and make this upfront investment in the equipment. Yeah, we kind of looked to sort of cut our own path. We knew the the big box stores are obviously are always going to have ice. Your gas stations are always going to have uh, some sort of ice merchandiser there. We kind of started looking to the places that don't have it. How can we capture that audience? We kind of knew we were, I don't want to say reinventing the wheel, but we were turning a little bit left in the fork in the road where other people hadn't. And we kind of wanted to, particular to our area, there were no self-service vending ice machines kind of in the area. There's a few of the big, big ones on the side of the road that typically weren't very busy just because they weren't in spots people were needing ice. They existed, but you were still having to drive. And of course, we went out and did our research. We would drive to all the machines and kind of check them out and spend time there. Half the time they were out of bags or there was no phone number to call if you put your money in and the thing didn't work. And we kind of said, there's a better way to do this. We kind of developed that destination model of putting the machine where the people are going to be, making it accessible. We do put our phone number on every one of them. And we'll get calls from some folks that'll say, I put my money in and nothing happened. And 99% of the time, it's just us kind of giving them a brief instruction of how to use the machine. And then they're like, oh, okay, I got it. The machine does have instructions printed right on it, right next to where you of put course. your money, but nobody reads those. You know, no. it's, I can figure this out. They yeah. find the phone number, but yeah, they don't read the directions. So. More with Steve in just a moment. Kickstart a fresh fall routine with our sponsor, HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Bryn and I love to let HelloFresh handle the meal planning and shopping to get great tasting, healthy meals right at home. It's a great feeling when that box gets dropped off at the door. Every week, we've got 40 different recipes to choose from, including family-friendly, fit and wholesome, carb-smart, and vegetarian options. Now, here's a pro tip. Be on the lookout for the ones labeled Hall of Fame. Those are always crowd pleasers. Our last box had these edamame and cauliflower fritters that were super good, along with some sweet Thai chili pork lettuce wraps. Always lots to choose from, and that's probably my favorite thing about HelloFresh. It's an easy way to explore recipes we otherwise never would have found or never would have thought of. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50SideHustle and use code 50SideHustle for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Once again, that's HelloFresh.com slash 50SideHustle and use promo code 50SideHustle for 50% off plus 15% off your next two months of America's number one meal kit. One thing a lot of smart entrepreneurs do is something I call intentional procrastination, saying, yes, that's important but it's not urgent or it's not the most important thing right now. And I do this all the time. You got to pick and choose where you put your focus. But one thing you really shouldn't wait on is setting up your term coverage life insurance. If this is something you've been procrastinating on, stop. It takes just a few minutes and you can even do it on your phone. 
And with our sponsor, Ladder, their smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out if you're instantly approved. Ladder is 100% digital. That means no doctors, no needles, and no paperwork when you're applying for $3 million in coverage or less. All you got to do is answer a few questions about your health in an easy online application. Ladder policies are issued by insurers with long, proven histories of paying claims. In fact, they're rated A and A-plus by AM Best. And on top of that, customers love them. Ladder is rated 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot. There's no hidden fees. You can cancel at any time. You can even get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. It's no secret. Life insurance costs more the older you get. So now's the time to cross this off your list. Go to ladderlife.com slash hustle today to see if you're instantly approved. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash hustle, ladderlife.com slash hustle. And big thanks to Ladder for sponsoring the show. Is it something that a bank would lend you money for, like to finance that upfront cost? Yeah. I've talked to some people that have gone through some of the national banks. Some folks have gone to like a local credit union to loan on these. The equipment is an asset, so it does have a value to it. So most banks will lend money to it, obviously, with using the machine as collateral. Now, Everest does have a company they work directly with for financing, if folks were interested in that. The company, I believe, is called Leaf Financial, and they work hand-in-hand with Everest. So if you were looking at a machine and looking at financing it, you can either contact Everest to get to Leaf, or you can contact Leaf directly. The price of entry is relatively steep compared to a lot of the vending world. Now, we compare it to the real estate world, and it's very cheap. It's all very relative. But yeah, there's a lot of options for financing the machines. Because like I said, it's an asset in itself. It's got a value. That's a probably a helpful reframe versus, well, I'm going to buy a three-bedroom, two-bath house in this neighborhood, and it's going to rent for 1500 bucks a month. Or for a fraction of that home mm-hmm. purchase price, I could buy this automated machine that hopefully is going to have less maintenance issues. I got to still find some negotiation up front in terms of location, but hopefully once it's there, it's there. And maybe you sign a 12-month term and renewal clauses, but like don't have to have tenants moving in and moving out. And it's an interesting way to put it in the math. Maybe work similarly. It's like, well, here's my upfront investment. What do I expect to make back from this on a monthly basis? And what's my break-even window and all that stuff? And it sounds like yours are just about paid off or if not already paid off at this point. Thankfully, we've been fortunate. They've been very busy. So we've been able to recoup our initial investments on our first two machines. Our third machine is just about there. Now our fourth machine we've just put in recently. So it's very young and it's kind of lifespan, but has been doing very well very quickly, which we're very happy to see. (laughs) Yeah, it's got to be fun. Once it's free and clear, then it's like, well, this is all gravy at this point. That's exactly a good spot to be. And you've got some carrying costs. You've got a little bit of maintenance every year that needs to be done. And obviously you need to pay your landowner. But yeah, it's nice. You sit down and start to do your books and go more and more of this is now my money or the company's money versus giving it to a bank or a financial institution that they didn't do anything. They just wrote you a a check and are killing you on the interest rate. And it's like, yeah, getting out from under them is a great feeling. (laughs) Is there a typical sales volume? What's a good month for you with, I guess, four that you have now? Yeah, so four machines currently. The 4th of July is sort of the Super Bowl of ice vending. (laughs) I I love that. (laughs) Everybody in the world is needing ice because almost everybody is doing something fun for the 4th of July. And of course, being a beach destination where we are, the beaches are packed. That entire week is just packed. So we were very fortunate. A number of our machines were actually selling out of ice, which is uncommon. The machines... Like you literally couldn't make it fast enough? Yeah, it just couldn't make it fast enough for the demand. It's unusual for our machines to sell out completely because they do produce about 2,500 pounds of ice per day. So you're looking at about 250 available bags to be sold. To run a machine completely dry is unusual. But the nice thing is it's constantly replenishing. So every about 15 minutes, it's just made another couple more bags of ice ready for sale. We would get some phone calls and just have to tell folks, hang out for a few more minutes on the beach or maybe grab another cocktail from the pool bar. And you'll hear the ice drop. You can hear it clear as day. And as soon as it does, you're first in line. and folks. 
we're kind of okay with that. And they say, hey, well, we need ice and we don't want to go anywhere. Well, of course not. You don't want to go anywhere on the 4th of July. You want to enjoy your time with your family, your friends, or whatever you're doing. They kept them very busy for those time frames. And really all summer, the machines have stayed very busy. So a day of 150 to 200 bags of ice being sold is not uncommon during our summer months, our busy, busy season. You're at two fifty, three bucks a bag? Yeah, we sell them for $3 a bag for a 10-pound bag of ice. And Gosh, Florida prices are so cheap. And it's funny because we went to a lot of research in our pricing, and you go to a gas station, they're selling seven pounds for like $3.19 or $3.49. They're getting $3.50 for a seven-pound bag. We can take them to market. That's not a problem. We're just going to advertise three bucks for 10 pounds. And it's funny because you're only talking about roughly 50 cents. But it's amazing how much it resonates with people that they want to save that 50 cents and get three more pounds of ice. And it's like, that's why we exist, is to make that connection for you. There you go. And what happens during the winter? Are the beaches empty? Are people still coming by? by? And now you're like, well, shoot, I'm not even going to make my $300 rent placement for the luxury of having it in this spot. We do have a little bit of a winter. We call it a Florida winter. So for us, it's probably about in the 50s. We're freezing to death. The people that live here, we're all bundled up and we try not to go outside because it's 52 degrees. But we do still see a large number of tourists coming to the area. A lot of them coming from Canada or the upper Midwest for two or three months at a time. And they're here. And to them, a 50 degree day is beautiful. I mean, they're wearing (laughs) shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, they're walking the beach. They're asking if they can get in the pools. We're freezing to death and they're enjoying it. We do see a reduction in sales in the wintertime just based on the amount of people in the area. But because the machine also sells water, we see a very marked increase in water sales. Folks that aren't from the area maybe are not used to the water we have or are very, very health conscious, especially in kind of today's day and age. So they can go to the machine with their own container and for 50 cents get a gallon of purified filtered water that's gone through five filters. It's gone through a UV bulb as clean as it can get. Again, it's right on site. They're not having to give their money to a big box store and they're not having to leave. So we see a lot of water sales in those winter months as folks come to the area. And I've even had some folks from Canada tell me their water where they're at is great. They love it. They drink it out of the tap. They come to Florida and they just don't like the water. It's got extra chlorine in it. It tastes yeah. like the ocean, yeah. Yeah, it's hard water. They just don't want it. So they're going to spend money, and they plan for it. A lot of them bring down their own five-gallon jugs with them on their trip, knowing that's what they're going to use. So for us, it made sense just to say, well, hey, go to our machine, and you can fill that entire jug up for $2.50, and you don't ever have to leave. And they go, oh, yeah, this is great. We do see, and oddly enough, and I'd have never guessed it, but it makes complete sense. Around the holidays, we actually see a very big bump in ice sales. And talking to folks, we've realized that, especially for Thanksgiving being such a food holiday, people's refrigerators are filled with food. They don't have any place for the sodas or the juice for the kids, the cocktails and beverages for the adults. So they're putting them in coolers and just icing down the coolers and setting them out on their patio or in the living room. And that's where they're using to keep the drinks cool because they've got the turkey, the ham, whatever's in the fridge. They just don't have space for all the drinks. We kind of never thought of it and then saw it. Now it makes sense. Why didn't we think of that ahead of time? Our second year, we did quite a bit of advertising around those holidays for ice. And we'll do it again as we get closer this year. Because it's just one of those things. We never made the connection until it happened. But it's a good example of the market driving the business. Yeah, I was going to ask on the marketing side, if the location would just speak for itself, or it sounds like you're doing a little bit of proactive effort to let people know that, hey, these exist, and it's a good value, and come on in and buy stuff from us. Yeah, I think absolutely. Even if you've got one of the greatest spots that you could ever find, I think you still got to do some marketing and advertising. We did some wind feathers, some of those signs. We did some real estate signs kind of around the machines. Obviously, we did some flyers just kind of around the properties. And then some of the biggest traction we've seen was just digital marketing. The social media platforms, we've been able to use those quite a bit to actually target specific areas. 
that we really want to go after for ice sales. And then everybody in the world uses Google for everything. So getting onto Google's listing service really paid a lot of dividends in the fact that people will Google everything. Oh, interesting. So you could create a Google, whatever they call it these days, Google My Business profile for the machine itself, like at this location. Yeah, that's kind of what we did. We went onto the Google Maps site and put our location, our address in, had it linked to our website or just even a brief profile of the address, the phone number, those things. And as folks are looking for anything, we all just Google. The nice part now is you get on there and you Google ice near me. And we have multiple locations showing up that are attached to a map. And you just click the little map function. It tells you how to get there. And that's a free service. We don't pay for advertising on Google. We don't pay per click because the little bit I've looked into it, it can get very expensive trying to, to do sponsored ads through Google. And we just found that the map listing service really gave us kind of a lot of bang for no buck. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Whereas you wouldn't search for like Snickers bar near me, like if you're looking for a traditional vending machine or a snack vending machine. But for ice, that totally works. We get calls quite a bit from folks that literally just say, well, I I just Googled you. I typed in ice near me and you came up. We've even gotten calls for things that are not in our traditional business model, delivering ice, maybe for a party or a birthday party, bulk ice for like fishing vessels, stuff that we just, we never intended to do. It wasn't in the original plan, but people sought us out and said, you know, can you do this? And we kind of think about it for a minute and go, yeah, I'm not sure how yet, but we'll figure it out. And yeah, we can deliver you ice. A lot of the business is creatively solving some of these opportunities that we didn't even know were coming down the road, but being able to say yes to them. And it's just like, yeah, we'll figure something out, but we can make that happen. For sure. You mentioned I got to go and restock the bags from time to time. What's a week in the life look like in terms of the hours that you're putting into it? You got to go and take the money out if people are paying in cash. But what's going into it time-wise? The time investment's really on the front end. It's finding the location. It's getting the machine installed and set up. It's learning the machine. That's where your biggest time commitments are going to come in. Then it really starts to dwindle as you kind of hone and streamline your processes. So for me personally now, I check on all of our machines multiple times a week because they're all relatively close to where I'm working or living. I'm at a machine for maybe 10 minutes, if that. And that's for checking to make sure there's plenty of bags available, making sure there's change in the machine. Obviously, the fun part, getting my money out of the machine that I can take to the bank. General cleaning, maybe 10 minutes per machine. So for a pretty minimal time investment, once you're familiar with the operation and how it works. And now, actually, there are machines that are available through Everest that you can choose not to do the cash option. You can simply have the credit and debit option. So now you've removed the cash completely which would speed that process up even further. Now you're just doing kind of a general clean and and you're making sure it's got bags, but you're cashless. Yeah, which maybe would cut down on potential crime, vandalism, people trying to get cash out of the machine. Have you had anything like that come up? Knock on wood, we've been fortunate. We've not had to deal with any vandalism. The machines are fairly robustly built. They're designed to keep honest people honest, I always like to say. If somebody's really intent on getting in there, It'll take them a hot minute, but they could get in there. So we've been fortunate not to have to deal with that quite yet. All of our locations do have security cameras either pointed at the machine or in the area. So I think that helps quite a bit. Yeah, so it sounds like super time leveraged, but still a little bit of hands-on on a weekly basis. And I remember talking with Hannah Ingram a few months ago with her car wash business, where it's similar, where buying this asset that's going to spin off this cash flow, but somebody's got to go clean out these bays. You know, somebody's got to go be on hand. It's not a ton of time. It was a half an hour a day in her case, but still required her to be there. And so the question is, well, what happens if you need to travel yourself or if you're incapacitated in some way, or you just want to take a week off, like there's some time required or like what happens if you're not able to do that? My family and I really enjoy traveling. We try to travel almost as much as we can. So we plan our machine maintenance sort of with our vacation or our travel schedule. So a day or two before we're leaving out of town, 
We'll be at the machine making sure the bags are fully stocked, all the change is stocked, everything is good as we can make it so that okay. we can leave. I do have a few folks, some friends that are around that I'll give the keys to the machine and say, if something terrible happens, I'll call you. You can go check on it. But for the most part, they don't ever need to go. The one nice thing about the Everest machines in particular is they've got the ability to be remotely managed. You can do it from your phone, an iPad, a laptop, a desktop computer. You can actually log into your ice machine and see what the sales are for the day. If there's any error codes or alert codes on the machine, you can check diagnostics, health. That would get addicting, I imagine. <laughs> oh, just hitting refresh on the app. How many did we sell today? It really can be. And at some point, you've got to be like, all right, I'm going to put this away now. I need to stop looking at it. Yep. Can it almost becomes oh, like the stock market oh, ticker. Yeah. yeah, you're just like, oh my goodness. And you got to just like, you know what? Let it be. It's nice having that functionality because you aren't beholden to the machine as much. So if you do want to travel, you've got the ability to do that. One of the things we really like that has really come in handy is actually from that remote system, I can choose to dispense water or ice from my phone to the customer. And we've had to do it from time to time. Somebody calls and, and maybe just cannot figure out the machine or just something goofy's going on where it's not working. And, and our goal is customer satisfaction. It makes it really nice for me to be able to tell them, hold on one second, let me get this on my phone get your cooler or your bag or your jug ready, whichever you're doing. And I'm going to hit this button from here and it's going to give you your ice. Wow. And they're amazed. They're like, you can do that? And I'm going, yes, That's thankfully cool. I can. <laughs> that way we're keeping customers happy because they're still getting a product. And I think more times than not, it tends to be them, again, kind of not reading the directions, not following through with it, but Right. And oh, by the way, can you leave me a five-star Google review? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And our kind of point of view in stands for customer services, we'll happily get you that bag of ice or that gallon of water to keep you happy versus have you be frustrated. I would rather you be happy and me give you a bag of ice than get your $3, but have you leave ticked off and, yeah, and then go on Google and, oh, this ice machine, blah, blah, blah. And it's like the technology is there to be able to assist the customer and that's really what makes it easy. I'm bad about when we do travel, especially when we fly, as soon as we get to an airport or a connection airport, oh yeah, I'm pulling my phone out or an iPad out and I'm looking to see. And my girlfriend just kind of like, really? Now? And I'm like, I can't help it. Yeah. How much do we make while we're on this flight? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how much is this helping pay for this vacation? <laughs> that's great. That's great. I would totally be the same way there. Steve, what's surprised you the most over the last year and a half, two years of doing this? Honestly, the growth. When we got into it, we did two machines with the intent of just placing two machines and just seeing how it went. It was never looked at as to become a full-time business or that could grow into a full-time business. It was just kind of a, hey, let's just throw these out there, see what happens. We think they'll do okay. And the demand really started to take off. And then we started kind of getting phone calls from other properties, other landowners that had seen the machines or heard about the machines. And now they were interested in maybe having us place one at their location. And that kind of surprised me because it really sort of took on a life of its own and grew organically. We didn't send out direct mailing. We didn't do a ton of flyers. We weren't casting a real wide net. And it's still, as the word spread of what it was, people started calling us. And now we're in a very fortunate position, at least for the current moment, we're not actively looking for sites. We're simply answering the phone of sites that are now calling us and seeing if we can make a deal or an arrangement to put a machine there. Yeah, gosh, that's a nice spot to be in. Yeah, and it was something I never really envisioned would have happened, probably through my own kind of nativity. I just thought it was ice. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like 
LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Is it similar condo complexes or what type of venues are reaching out? Multiple condo complexes. Actually, our latest installation is going into an RV park and campground. And that particular location knew somebody who knew somebody who owned at one of these condo complexes. And somehow they were talking about ice. And the person was like, hey, there's this really cool ice machine down on the pool deck. You should come check it out. They went over, looked at it, said, this is cool. Got the phone number and called and said, we're interested in this. What can we do? Then we just set a meeting and and went and were able to thankfully connect the dots. And now we've installed a machine for them. And like I said, that's our fourth location now. Yeah. And the metrics that you're looking at are how many potential customers are passing through this campground or RV park on a weekly, monthly basis. Exactly. How do you get a sense of like, "Ah, I don't know if this is the right spot or like, yes, sign me up. We kind of look, especially when we get into condos, we look at overall number of units. So how many, we call them doors. So how many front doors are in the complex? And then how many bedrooms? Is it a complex where it's maybe all one bedroom condos? Or is it a complex that has two bedrooms, three bedrooms, four bedrooms? Yeah, people are bringing big families down, yeah. Exactly. So one of our complexes is relatively small in the number of front doors, but is almost predominantly three bedroom units. And people coming on vacation... Typically, it's mom, dad, it's maybe two kids, and then the kids bring a friend. So now you've got you know six, maybe eight people into a condo, and you take that times 200 and something units, Yeah, now you've got a couple thousand people on property at any given time, all that need ice, because they all want to go to the beach, they all want to go to the pool. Nobody likes drinking a warm can of soda or a warm beer, so you know they're going to be buying ice. So that's kind of how we measure it. When we went into the campground... We looked at number of sites that were available for RVs or for campsites. And that particular location is, is fairly large. It can hold almost, I want to say has 300 RV sites and then has the ability to expand into regular campsites. If somebody was just kind of putting up a tent or something, a little more primitive camping, as we call it, compared to some of the RVs that I've seen over there. Holy cow. But yeah, we kind of just look at that and see how many people can be here and is it somewhere that's they're going to need ice? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And there's a fair amount of research that kind of needs to go into it, whether you're going into locations sort of similar to ours, or if you're trying to find a roadside location, maybe then you're looking at traffic counts, ingress and egress of vehicles. How easy is it for somebody to get to the machine, buy their ice and then get back onto the highway or the road? So there's, Quite a few things to sort of think about when you look at your locations that we sort of learned the hard way. All right. It's interesting that after just a couple installs, you kind of started to build this reputation as the ice guy and (laughs) other people start calling you like, hey, would 
what do you think about putting one in over here? I, I just think that's really interesting. We found that over and over again, like service businesses, it doesn't take a lot to get that word of mouth kind of spinning in your favor. So I think that was encouraging to hear. So Steve, you got four of these now. You got the construction business during the day. Where do you want to take this thing? Our goal is to kind of continue to grow the ice company and the ice business. We see the demand there is constant. It's not going anywhere. We're starting to look more and more into the construction industry. Obviously, a lot of blue-collar workers and trade workers, they buy ice every day. These guys and girls that are going out and working on job sites, they buy a bag of ice almost every day when they're getting their drinks together or you know, trying to keep their lunch cold. So we're kind of looking more into some of those areas, working with some development companies to get into some of the areas where there's just mass building going on. So we're kind of looking at those. We're always taking on sort of new ideas. Where can we put a machine? What market can we tap into that maybe is underserviced a little bit? So our goal is to kind of creatively keep growing the ice business. It is considerably easier to run the ice business than it is a construction company. So I like the idea of doing more and more ice and less and less construction. I'm not as young as I once was, so carrying stacks of lumber isn't as easy as it was in my younger days. My body certainly reminds me of that after a good week of work. And it's like, it's a lot easier to do ice. (laughs) I can see it scaling up. Okay, now I only have to do four days a week. And now I only have to do three days a week. You kind of like can stair step your way up there as the empire of machines and locations grows. I think that could be encouraging. We've talked to a lot of other business owners. We even talked to some convenience store owners simply to ask them, are they happy with their current ice provider? Some of them say, yeah, they're fine. They deliver our ice, we sell the ice, everything works. But we've got a few, they say, no, we're not happy because they cannot keep us in ice or they keep changing the price or their customer service is terrible. So we gained that information by nothing more than just going in and asking a question. Some of those are now leading into some contract talks to maybe put a machine at some of these locations and replace their traditional ice service just because they can't be serviced and then they're disappointing their customers. If they don't have ice to sell, they're losing revenue. And some of the long established ice companies, I think, got very comfortable in a product that they know is going to sell. The competition really wasn't out there. There's not a lot of people doing ice. And I think a lot of them got kind of lazy, for lack of a better term, and just said, well, we're the only game in town. And now, with especially with the Everest machines and the self-sustainability of them, it's kind of turning over the apple cart a little bit. And I think we're going to start seeing more and more small businesses get into it, more kind of owner-operators coming around, getting into it. Folks that are hungry, not only to make money, but to provide a product and a service, As much as I want to say it's easy to grow, I mean, it does take a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. But if you answer your phone and you show up when you say you're going to and do what you say you're going to, it kind of sells itself. I'm amazed how many phone calls I get a week of people say, oh, my God, you answered the phone. Well, yeah, you made it ring. (laughs) (laughs) As long as I'm not terribly involved in something, yeah, chances are I will answer my phone. And that's led to a lot of conversations with folks about potential machines. It surprises me that there's a lot of kind of successes in business, but one of the first fundamentals is, yeah, just answer your phone. <laughs> it's That opens more doors than kind of we ever would have guessed. The conversation you mentioned with just asking the question, are you happy with your current ice provider? And you kind of probing there, that appeals to me more so than, committing to buy the machine and then be like, all right, now I got to go find a location. Like, oh, if I could have that penciled in before mm-hmm. placing it, like I feel a lot better about that. But this has been awesome. I'm taking a ton of notes. Very inspiring story. Excited to see where you take it. Beachside Ice. You can check Steve out over there. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. This does not have to be vending related. This just is whatever entrepreneurial wisdom that you'd like to impart. Run your business the way you would want to do business with. Where are you going to spend your hard-earned money? And you want a company you can build a relationship with, have a rapport with, feel comfortable with. And as if you're the consumer doing that, well, now your job as the business owner is to build that business the same way. And it's amazing how the dividends come back three, four, or five times in fold from doing something very simple. So I always encourage folks, do what you say and say what you do, and you'll be okay. 
things will happen for you without you really having to go to extraneous efforts. Sometimes it's just that simple. It still amazes me every day that it works. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. I just have a couple notes or takeaways that I wanted to highlight. The first was on location, doing your homework as far as where is that thirsty crowd going to be? Where am I going to find consistent demand and how can I put my product or service, even if it's not ice vending, how can I put my product or service in front of those people? And I think that was a really good way to illustrate that. Oh, how many doors does this place have? How many people are coming through this campground on a daily, weekly basis? Makes a lot of sense. Getting the business some visibility on Google for free. I love that. And then the relationships, taking care of your customers. Hey, the phone number's on there. Call me. I'm going to pick it up. Oh, I can dispense this stuff remotely. How cool is that? And the relationships with the property owners, property managers as well, making sure everybody is upfront and happy with that situation. So super inspiring. I don't know if the seasonality is going to work for me up in the Northwest, but definitely got my gears turning because there's a beach near us that is just wall-to-wall people in the summer and it's a state park. So it's like, oh, I wonder what it would be like selling into local government situation, but like, oh, that would be perfect for it. Cause I don't think there's anything there right now. And you know, those people are just baking in the sun. So definitely got my gears turning. If you're new to the show, awesome. Thank you so much for spending a little time with us today. If you're serious about making extra money, I have spent the last 10 years interviewing incredible side hustle entrepreneurs like Steve to deconstruct how they started, how they grew their businesses in limited hours. I would love to build you a personalized playlist of the Side Hustle Show episodes that are going to be most relevant and impactful for you. To get yours, all you got to do is go to Hustle That Show, answer a few short multiple choice questions, and you'll get that custom curated playlist that you can add to your device. You can learn what works and you can go forth and make some more money. Once again, that's at Hustle That Show. Big thanks to Steve for sharing his insight. Thanks to HelloFresh and Ladder for sponsoring this week. As always, you can hit up SideHustleNation.com slash deals for all the latest offers from our sponsors in one place. Thanks for supporting the advertisers that support the show. Really does make a difference. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Hustle on. 